There is nothing worse than a couple that doesn't do their part. So in this episode, I'm going to help you keep them accountable. Welcome to the Refined Podcast with Amber Anderson, where wedding planners like you come to be encouraged and challenged through radical honesty, tough love, and brilliant ideas. As a former personal trainer turned wedding planner and now educator, Amber is known for helping wedding planners grow through her no BS yet considerate and thoughtful approach. The Refined Podcast tackles the issues you think about but fear bringing up, all with Amber's trademark sass and wit. So as you listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button, making sure you never miss that one little nugget that could change it all for you. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Refined Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about holding your couples accountable to doing their part. I often see wedding planners doing more work than I really think is necessary. I think that there are definitely planners that serve a specific market of couples that just need the planner to do as much as possible, like any and all of it. But even in that, there are things that the couples still have to do. They still have to do their part and they still held accountable to that. So as we listen to this, I want to recognize and acknowledge from the top that we all have different approaches. We all have different ideal clients and we all have different expectations of them. So within your own expectation of them, take what I'm going to say and tweak and adapt for what works for your clientele. Okay. I just want to caveat with that. First off, I want to start by communicating that deadlines are critical. I often see that planners don't really stick to those deadlines or let couples get away with them. Or sometimes they ebb and flow on their own. Like on the back end, a planner might move a deadline around. And then that then trains the couple to not really respect the deadlines because they can be moved, right? Everything we do trains them. So we need to educate them on the importance of your deadlines. I'm not going to belabor the importance of those deadlines because you know that they are important. You know why. But communicate to them that everything has a layer and we can't move ahead if we don't have this piece or that piece or, you know, it holds that up or whatever. Like they have to understand that it all layers upon itself and then it all builds up and creates procrastination or missing deadlines is fine and fair and a lull, right? Until it's not. It's not an issue until it is. And then all of a sudden it's this big pile of stuff they have to go through. And now they're mad that you didn't alleviate the stress that you promised you'd alleviate at the beginning, when in reality, they're the ones that made it worse, right? So don't let them get to that point. You've got to keep them on their deadlines. That's how you keep them from getting stressed in the end with this big pile of to-do list. Communicate your deadlines on every document. I want to see it in bold, red, underline, italicized, or whatever you need to do. Put some screaming emojis on it and make sure that they see and know those deadlines on every document. It's not just something you communicate in your contract or up front and onboarding. It has to be communicated throughout the process. Okay. In addition to communicating the deadlines, you also need to communicate the consequences for missing the deadline. And consequence is a harsh word. I don't mean it as in like, you know, a child that lies now has a consequence. I just mean it in like ramifications, you know, actions have consequences we miss this deadline, then this is the ramification. This is what happens. We either have to cancel a meeting. There will be stress. At some point, I will have to assess our cooperation clause and we depart this relationship altogether. Like they need to know what happens if these deadlines are missed. And of course you're human and we'll get to that at the end. So I don't want 
I don't want any of this to be received. Like we're going to be so rigid that then that's problematic. So I'll get there in a minute. When you start doing your information sharing, another way that we can hold our couples accountable is by having them initial everything. Okay. So again, back to the whole contract thing. Sure. Those things are absolutely going to be communicated in the contract, your expectations, your process, your cooperation clause, the consequences for not following them, cancellation clause, all of that. Right. However, did they read it? (laughs) Even if they have to initial all those separate clauses, did they really read it? We don't know. And even if they did read it, these relationships are long. It might have been a while. So as you drip different documents to them throughout the process, asking for information or communicating information, they're going to need reminders of what was in that contract. So don't be afraid when you send your, like I have a decor instructions document that I send. That's where they input pictures and instructions and things that they, you know, want me to know about the way they want their personal items set up. Okay. And in that document, I have copied and pasted my decorations clause into that document, along with some other reminders like, hey, if you know you are going to give me battery operated candles and you've got a hundred boxes of these little teeny tiny candles and none of them have the little battery sticker tab thing pulled from them, I might not get to it. Like all of that stuff has to be done before you drop that off to me, before that shows up to the venue. I want your escort cards in alphabetical order. I do not have time to sit there and alphabetize those on the wedding day. So all of those things are listed in that document and then they have to initial each aspect of those instructions. I want them to know what they're getting into and then again, what the consequences are like, hey, We will do the best we can to get to those things. But if we start to get limited on time, whatever's not prepared in advance may not get done. Okay. So I have them initial all of that. I have them also fill out my final documents. So my order of ceremony, for example, I can sit and I can have a form in my CRM or ask questions like who is going to escort grandma? Okay. Or I can just have a a template that is ready to go where it has a line for grandma and a line for the escort. And all I have to do is input grandma's name and escort's name. They don't have to like answer the form. And then I extrapolate that. And then I answer questionnaires. Then I extrapolate and put that onto the form. They're literally just entering the information on the final form. Okay. Then I go in and clean it up and make sure I remove any notes or questions that they asked or things like that. And I make it clear that like at the top, like, hey, if you're asking questions in this document, I'm not going to see those until I start to review for the final thing. So like if you have a question you need an immediate answer to, email is best. Okay. But I have them fill out the final forms. Then I go clean that up. And then I send it back to them to, for final approval. And the reason I do that is because it lessens the number of errors or mistakes that can occur in the copy and paste process. And also itinerary, my wedding weekend itinerary that I send to the wedding party. I, in my first handful of years, just like have this physical, like, oh, when I was about to hit send on that to the whole wedding party. Cause I was like, inevitably someone's going to respond with some mistake that's on here. Okay. Well, once I started having them fill it out, I didn't really care anymore because if there was a mistake on it, I knew the couple made that mistake. Whereas when I was copying and pasting or they were making changes and things like that, like a lot of times those mistakes were things like 
you know, an honor attendant would have the name would be spelled wrong or something. And like, God, that's so embarrassing. Right. But like, I literally copied and pasted what the couple gave me. So I didn't do it wrong. Well, now what I send to the wedding party is, Hey, in my email, Hey, the, the couple put this together for you. And so here you go. That way they know it came from them. And if there's any mistake on that, it's the couple's mistake. And then I don't get in trouble with the couple. Okay. Cause I can't just be like, well, you're the one that spelled the name wrong. And like, I mean, I can, but like, God, it's so petty. Right. So I have them fill out those final documents. That is something I have to get that information from them anyway. I, it would be in a form, like a questionnaire, or it would be a meeting where I would sit down and just have them answer the questions. Like they're going to spend time on that some way or another, you know, no matter how much they're spending on me and no matter how busy they are as a professional, no matter what level of service I'm giving to them, like I have to get that information from their brain somehow. Right. So I have just personally found that it's faster and easier, more efficient, less risky if they fill up that final form. And I just I make it like a questionnaire. It really reads like a questionnaire to them. It just has the complete sentence and they're like filling in the blank. Does that make sense? I also train them to be really efficient with email. So they're not emailing me all day long. This is not AOL G chat, AOL Instant Messenger or G chat or you know, Slack, whatever. Like they don't get to email me at 9 a.m. and I email them back and then they email me at 10 and they email me at 11. Like we're not doing that all day, okay? So I train them that if they have thoughts throughout their day, if that's the kind of client that they are, okay, cool. Friend, open up an email at the beginning of your work day. And as you have ideas, just pop them in there. Give me some bullet points and send that bad boy at three o'clock, four o'clock, whatever. And I will take a look at it and either respond that afternoon or evening or first thing the next morning. Okay. We're not going back and forth like that. I time block my couples. Okay. The other thing is to have them, you decide what, what organization works best for you. Like, do you want an email specific to flowers and an email specific to catering? Or are you okay with one email having both categories in there? I like to break them up. It does mean a few but it's so much more organized for me. And I find that my couples can find things a little bit better. We do you, okay? Either way, I want bullet points and I want color coding. I don't want paragraphs. I think that we can still build relationships with each other by starting with, you know, a nice paragraph or wrapping up with a nice paragraph. But for the most part, like we're going in with bullet points and like, this is what needs to be done. And when you respond to what I've sent you in a bullet point, respond to each bullet point in a different color. That way I don't, get into that constant rhythm of I've asked five questions and only get three answers every single time. If it's bullet pointed and we're looking at it in a really, you know, structured list kind of way, everything gets answered. And if it doesn't, it's really easy to see what wasn't answered or wasn't, you know, the answer wasn't even available yet. Like we don't have the information yet and it's easy to reference. Okay. Train them to be efficient with their email. Also, I find that using phase-based planning, which is what I teach in my refined content, is a really good way of bringing them into this, holding them accountable and making sure that info sharing, info request is not so overwhelming to them because part of this is just reducing their overwhelm, right? Phase-based planning creates natural breaks. It creates natural follow-up points. It lets them know when you'll be in touch next. It allows them to go and just enjoy being engaged for a hot second without talking about the wedding. It allows you to project manage multiple projects, okay? So, you can kind of, you can calendar those and puzzle piece them in a way that you're not doing all of this all at once for all the couples, right? Okay. You can stagger it is the word I'm looking for. Phase-based planning really helps with headspace and particularly when they hit those lulls and they start to panic and they're like, I should be doing something. And then they get frustrated with you because you're not holding their hand through that lull. And it's like, dude, you've got two months of like, there's nothing to do here. 
like go have fun like go be engaged and remember why you're doing this and if you want to go like shop for your honeymoon and daydream about this that or the other great go for it but we're good on our end okay also I started to talk about this towards the beginning about being consistent and training them, but I want to communicate that you're also training them for real life. Okay. So while you're being consistent in your follow-ups, don't stop until it's complete. Absolutely. But make sure everyone's allowed to be human. Okay. So yes, deadlines are going to be missed or deadlines are going to be moved, but what you need to encourage is open lines of communication. So it's not like we're just missing them and moving them because no one's communicating. And it's not like we're doing that all the time. Just because one deadline was adjustable doesn't mean they all need to be or should or could. We're not creating that pattern, but here's the deal. You yourself as the professional are going to miss a deadline in this process. So if you can't show any flexibility to your couples when life hits them, why would they show you flexibility when life hits you? Does that make sense? So that's why I'm going back to that whole rigid thing that I said that I would circle back to. We don't want to be so rigid that when we make a mistake or when life hits us and we're just can't make the deadline that there's not grace or just room for being human, right? Okay. So we want to stress the importance of why these deadlines are valuable and critical and part of the process and how it keeps things from piling up at the end. But we want to also create room for, hey, you know what? In this year or two, you might decide to join grad school and now you've got finals. So we're going to adjust the deadlines and we can do that with some advance notice and open lines of communication. Or you know what? Dad, I had a, a client one time, the bride emailed me and was like, my dad just had emergency open heart surgery, like help. And you know what? There was no warning, but she told me all she had to do was say, raise her hand and tell me, Hey, life just like shit just hit the fan. And then I was able to look at what I could and make adjustments. Okay. You know, sometimes that's, we have some lead time and sometimes we don't, but we've got to foster and encourage open lines of communication. So that's what I have for you today on encouraging your couples to do their part. One thing that I have in my email templates kits. (laughs) I love this. We, I have templates for your check-ins and info sharing and making sure that the wedding planning process kit is riddled with these templates. And then the email kit itself is more so for when they're a little bit more problematic and you've got to reach out and say, Hey, where are you? And here's your first warning. Here's your second warning. Okay. Now I'm firing you. And so there's that for info sharing. There's that for couples that just aren't following your process in general, that stuff is available to you in the refine shop. So check that out. Also, if you're listening to this felt like, you know, made a difference for you, then like share and leave a review, please. If you're listening on your phone, take a quick screenshot and post it on Instagram stories. And let's get this message out there. Friends, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.